Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hey. <laughs> and we have you back in yeah. Canada. Toronto. Yep. Toronto. <laughs> as, we, as we flew back, it was a beautiful day um, and it was clear and we kind of flew in and I had from the uh, from the plane a, a good view of the CN Tower, which is like my favorite. So I was, mm. I was like coming in and seeing the beautiful Lake Ontario, the CN Tower. And I'm like, I'm back. Oh, was it nice heading home? Did you feel yeah arriving back? Oh, you know, because it's been five weeks away. So, and then I got into my car and I got to zip around, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited!" (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! That's always the thing when you've been away for a little while. Actually, getting back behind your kind of own wheels and oh my, feeling like you're in control again. Damn, Sarah! Like, snap! That was totally well (laughs) stated. That's exactly how I felt. Um, you know, as much as travel is amazing, you know, I was living Mm. in a place where I wasn't cooking, I was going out a lot and I was, you know, so being back, yeah, it's just, oh my gosh, but I come back a changed person, Sarah, I've changed. Oh, (laughs) so great. And and you're looking well on it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jet lagged. Um, you know, did the whole getting up at five in the morning and then sleepy by 11 AM and the whole thing, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but settling in. Yeah. Anyways. Well, you're certainly mm-hmm. not looking jet lagged. So oh. as beautiful as ever. Oh, well, thank you, Sarah. Oh, my God. Sarah, you lift me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's it going on your side of the pond? Which now I can say, now it's back on your side. <laughs> I know. Now we're, back, well, now we're back. Yeah. Different uh, yeah. different locations. Yeah. Yeah. Things are good. Things are good. It's, um, it was a nice weekend. Good combination of things at the weekend. Nice kind of catching up, some mm. snoozing, oh. and um, yeah, seeing friends. Oh. Yeah, it was good. Oh, gorgeous! Uh, like that is beautiful, and it's always nice to see friends. It yeah, is. it is nice. Okay, well, you uh, rocked my pants off last week with the uh, relationship news. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you at such a high standard because that was nuts. Um, it's kind of like you know doing m- mushrooms three days in a row, like. You can't. By the third day, you're like, oh, my God, this is just getting ridiculous. So maybe I could probably do like with something slightly more sedate. So I don't want to put my expectations up. (laughs) Yes. 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 Don't worry. We're not going to delve into your um, into your relationship life and your um, likes and lusts again. My primal cougar instincts. You you are safe today. I'm just going to give you some Box standard relationship tips this week. Okay, okay, all right, I'm ready to go. Okay. Happy couples don't just post their vacation photos and kissing selfies. Happy and healthy relationships require some hard work. Here are eight things that healthy couples do. Oh, word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to each other. Uh-huh, yeah. They work on being happy as individuals. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yes. Yep. They encourage each other to grow. Yes, and are not intimidated by it. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. yeah. They inspire each other. Oh, that's a nice one. Yes. It is a nice one. I like that one. It, you know, it's it's one thing to inspire and it's another one to allow yourself to be inspired. Mm. 
and not intimidated by the other person's greatness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They avoid gossiping about each other. Oh, geez. I mean, (laughs) is that so you mean not going down to the pub and talking to your mates about how crappy your spouse is? Does that? Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. They have uncomfortable conversations. Oh, yes. Yes. And they don't stonewall or shut down. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They cry together. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. Could be crying happy tears as yeah. well as sad tears. As sad, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're not yeah. crying all the time if they're a happy, healthy couple, though. <laughs> right, right. But that it's allowed in the norm, like in the, in the routine mix of things that emotion and crying yeah Yeah. that ability to show emotion and to let emotion be released which Mm. is what happens when we're crying yeah oh my gosh yeah and finally they go to therapy separately or together or both yes and both yeah (laughs) oh yeah oh gosh so yeah gosh isn't that an amazing like done well all of those eight like oh hardest thing to do it's simple but it's not easy but man, when those things are like rolling on and moving smoothly, oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would take those any day over like this kissing se- selfie, which we see a bunch of on like Instagram and Facebook. We're like, especially like on holidays and especially, you know, like Valentine's Day. I don't mm. know. I'm going to sort of, there's a lot of people who post these like public happy Valentine's Day to their partners. And I'm like, yes, what's going on there? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just kind of interesting. Well, we've become a nation of sharers, haven't we? So, yeah. but we share all of the positive things. We very rarely share some of the kind of downsides and negative aspects of relationships. So the reality becomes quite distorted when we yeah. look at what we believe a relationship to be. Yeah. And sometimes we're posting uh, because we are unhappy and we're trying yeah. to make something f- rather than addressing it head on, we're trying to kind of um, fool ourselves into mm. um, thinking that we're sort of in happy land, Disneyland, yeah. because we can't yeah. acknowledge hard things. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. I like that list. That's great. <laughs> One thing to say it, another to do it. Well, yeah, quite. So I think there's quite a few in there that we've talked about regularly, a few that maybe we haven't talked about as often. So it's quite nice to get a different balance and a different mix. Yeah. Allow you to be inspired by your partner. Yeah. And that they be inspired by you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think I'm over my jet lag. I think we can (laughs) rock and roll. Have you woken up and you're ready to go, miss? Yeah, totally. I was sleeping when we first started this. Like, I'm really up now. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, totally. (laughs) All right. Let's move you to a hot topic. Okay, let's go. Today's hot topic. Relationship patterns. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's start with the ugly. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, I was going to start with the good, actually, because if we think about that list that we've just read through as part of the um, kind of love desk is, you know, a lot of those things are patterns that we could start to establish, which would then promote more positivity within the relationship or a healthier relationship existence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yes. So I think what, yeah. we often think of patterns as being quite bad and negative or we focus on the patterns that we might have that are bad or negative. And there are some positive patterns that we can create within a relationship. So yeah. we've talked before about relationship rituals and how that can then kind of create a positive um, impact on the relationship. So that might be setting aside a certain amount of time every day to have a conversation. It might be doing something um, caring and thoughtful for your partner. Mm-hmm. It might be the two, 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 the kind of two dates, two mini mm. vacations, two a big trip vacations every, every two, two years. years. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. kind of those sorts of things that we've discussed on the podcast before, they're all patterns that we want to put in place because we want to create and um create a connection where we care about each other and we want to listen to each other we want to dedicate time towards each other we want to be doing things that are going to naturally nurture the relationship Mm -hmm. they would all be kind of helpful patterns I would suggest right 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 you know and the other thing too because I see a lot in the couples that I coach like it's also or or in the individuals I coach it's acknowledging the patterns that you already have that you don't even realize that you have. So, yes, you know, I might be working with folks who like are, exper- you know, they feel like they're having a crisis or a lot of conflict or whatever. But then there's one thing that they just do and they've always done. And they don't even realize how mm. um, how special it is that they are doing that. I'm trying to think of one thing that um, I encountered recently you know, funny enough, like it's the intimacy thing. I, you know, there's this one couple that really struggles like with a lot of communication stuff, but their intimacy is actually quite well cadenced because there has been this sort of meeting in the middle with compromise on both sides that, Mm. um, where one person sort of articulated, look, no, we, we, we connect sexually because that's important. Like that's something that can't be, you know, fallen by the wayside. And I'm like, did you know how important that is? Because like there's many couples who do allow it to fall to like 11th priority and then they only get to 10 on the list. So, you know, and that can be one of the things that is actually quietly keeping the engine of your relationship going. So just mm. keep it, taking an inventory of what you're actually already doing is yeah. so important and bringing that into awareness so that you guys can high five each other and be like, oh my gosh, look at how great we are. We're, yeah. it's glass half full. Cause like, that's really important. You, you got to give folks hope, help them realize what they're already doing, where they're already strong, that it's not all hopeless. And it's yeah. just, you know, we can start to work on establishing additional healthy patterns, but just knowing what's already working. Yeah. That's a long rant, but I'm really passionate about, you know, <laughs> helping people understand how great they are already. Um, it's not yeah. all doom and gloom. But we're not programmed that way. We're programmed to look for the negative aspects. We're programmed to look for the things that are wrong. And we find it a lot easier to recall some of those memories. Mm -hmm. So we've got to take the steps to make sure that those healthier, more kind of strengths in the relationship, that we actually take notice of those and we allow them time to absorb and we allow that neural Mm -hmm. pathway around that strength to create so that we don't Mm -hmm. lose sight of it again. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Huh. So, okay. So, well, let's, let's think about like in terms of, uh, you know, maybe before we talk about some of the negative or the ugly patterns, but like establishing, working on what you're already doing and reinforcing and then adding new, you know, patterns that are Mm. strengthening and healthy. How would you suggest going about that? I think that the process of building up awareness is really key, but then also 
allowing those moments to really kind of absorb. So we've talked before about the top three um, games. You can play the top three and you Mm -hmm. can, throughout the day, you start off and you kind of, you have to, you you know, you start your day thinking about what are the top three things that I, that I recognize that are a healthy pattern in our relationship. So that, Mm. because you can play the top three game with a slightly different slant. Mm -hmm. And as the day moves forward, you start to then kind of collect more of the, the positive aspects or the positive patterns of behavior that you're recognizing mm-hmm. and, you, and, and then you kind of you can reorder your priority so which one do I now is is number one still number one or is something else come in mm. that's kind of bumped it off top position mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that's a really good kind of awareness game to play it to start to identify some of those moments but the other thing I think that is really important to try and counter some of that negativity bias is when we notice something happening that is a positive pattern in our relationship is to acknowledge it mm-hmm. pause mm-hmm. and let it absorb for a good kind of 15 20 seconds so that we actually create a connection with that moment that just happened and that way we'll find it a lot easier to recall some of those moments as time goes on oh i like that mm. and actually something that i've been trying to to try to bring myself into the moment because we don't live in the moment. We're already, we're usually anxious thinking about the future or distracted about worries about the future or we're perseverating on dwelling on things that happened in the past. So something that I'm trying to work on is when I'm trying to be in the moment and trying to 15 to 20 seconds, I think, okay, what am I feeling? The clothes on my body as against my skin. What am mm. I smelling right now? What am I hearing? Busy traffic conversations around me. Um, what am I seeing? So all of the senses, like I, yeah, I want to gra- I try to ground myself in the senses because if I can do that, and then I can ground myself in that awareness moment, I can mm. much more easily link that back. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, I get that. Okay, so do you want to talk about some bad patterns? <laughs> I kind of feel like we should just stop there, but I know it's in the title now, so we're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, I don't really want to go to the bad patterns. Yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I think when we talk about kind of, you know, the bad and the ugly, the bad is where, you know, maybe we've got a pattern that isn't, it's not kind of as healthy as it could be. It's, it has some impact on the relationship, but maybe not kind of, you know, it's, it's something that maybe you can overlook and, it, and it's not having too much of a detrimental effect. I think the ugly is where we kind of, we take things to the extreme almost and um, we'll have a certain pattern of behavior. And we often see this when we encounter conflict in relationships. So Mm -hmm. we see the kind of ugly side of it really come out because we'll go into that defensive mode. We'll go into, um, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm going to prove that. And um, and we also kind of shut down. We don't really want to listen. We're not open anymore. Mm-hmm. And we forget that we actually love each other in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because it all becomes about the, you know, the ego is out to play and wants to win at all costs. And that's when we kind of get to some of those extreme kind of more ugly patterns of behavior. So the bit kind of, you know, the bad, the bit in, in, in between, I would say, because it kind of feels like they're on a bit of a spectrum, doesn't it? Um, is maybe when we notice some of these patterns creeping in and we're not then taking control of those, we're not stepping in, we're not trying to break some of the cycle or patterns mm-hmm. of behaviour. Or maybe it is just something generally that as a partner I can forgive you for a certain pattern of behaviour because I kind of think, well, it isn't that terrible, I can put up with it. 
But we do need to be careful of some of those moments because the more that we expect our partner to forgive, to forget, to move on, to dismiss everything as just being that's the way that I am, Mm. um, over time there's an accumulation effect and that's when we can maybe two or three of these things that we would say aren't, aren't that terrible, we can put up with. Suddenly when you get multiple versions of those, then you kind of, you trip straight into that kind of, you know, ugly pattern of behavior where it just becomes too much. The compound mm. effect is too much. Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves doing things that, again, if we had seen this playing out like in a film, yeah. one, two or three, five, 10, 25 years down the road, if we'd seen that in a film before, we'd be like, oh my God, that's terrible. Like, I can't believe I'm showing up like that. I'm, yeah. you know, how far I've slipped away from my ideals and my values and such. Yeah. 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 You know, um, in the relationship news, like that, that quality of listening. So yeah, the bad would be like not listening, but it's amazing how many of us are defensive in that our partner starts to make a suggestion. And the second that they do, it hits buttons where we feel irritation, anger, and then we snap back and we're like, nope, nope, nope. We dismiss it right away. And then of course that creates um, a lot of frustration with our partner. Like you didn't even listen to me. You, you don't consider me. Uh, you, you, yeah, you're dismissive. You don't respect me. Uh, you think all my ideas are stupid, but it's interesting about this pattern of like our defensiveness, like our shutdown, like, no, mm. you know, we have to examine like why we are getting so triggered. Like what's the feeling of, um, you know, it could be that our partner is always trying to kind of mansplain to us, right? So we kind of, we've developed this strategy by which we push against them and that we just say no, and we dismiss all of their ideas because it irritates and embarrasses us or, you know, but so a lot of this is to discover what is that feeling that is, mm. that is causing us to show up in a way that we don't want to, because yeah. it, it's not anger. There's always going to be the feelings underneath it. The anger is the defensiveness. Mm. The frustration is defense. That's the pushback. But the first initial sort of raw nerve that it's hitting is probably that we're feeling humiliated, we're feeling embarrassed, we're feeling lack of respect, whatever that is. Mm. And that's important to get um, to the bottom of to understand why we tend to show up the the ugly, like angry, defensive, Mm -hmm. short tempered. Yeah, 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 that is because the only way that we can listen is if we disarm some of our quick to react um, knee jerk reactions that develop into a very well-honed pattern uh, Mm. within years of a relationship. For me, a lot of this really centers around the fact that we can't accept flaws in ourselves or other people. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, if we accept that in that moment, when I feel like I'm going to jump to defensive mode because you've said something that makes me feel like, you know, maybe I'm less than perfect and I, so I want to instantly defend myself or Mm. I want to, try and kind of score a point back you know we get into that game of tennis where I'll then kind of retaliate and it's a form of deflection so I don't want to listen to what you're saying I'm going to tell you something that you do that's terrible um so then we're we're both on an even point then and Hmm. you know or I might even go one further I might list another 10 things that I think are terrible about Mm -hmm. you and in which case then I'm I'm no longer as bad anymore and we're kind of really fixated, aren't we, on kind of who we are as people mm-hmm. and not being willing to really examine kind of what are our own flaws and how are we contributing to a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not in a way like, you know, focus on your own flaws, not in a way to beat yourself up and like flog yourself. It's 
Yeah. It's because being aware of your flaws, but also being really gracious to yourself um, allows you to be able to have choice. It, yes, that, you know, where it takes the, the unconscious to the conscious. Yeah. And yeah, you become a sentient being or whatever we call that, which, which is, you know, in choice. Um, because all of us yearn for cohesion and harmony in our relationships It is so frustrating to see ourselves descending in this well-worn pattern, like, oh, here we go again. And you know that you're contributing some to it. Although, I, again, a big, the big disclaimer here is an, an abusive, gaslighting, manipulative, emotional abusive, physically abusive relationships. There isn't like, oh, well, what part are you playing? Like that, that again, I, I'm not referring to abusive relationships here. Mm. I'm talking about the kind of, you know, the, the bad and the ugly. Every- the everyday relationship shit that comes yeah, up for exactly. all of us. Exactly. <laughs> yep. The everyday relationship shit. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. So you you see yourself diving in, and you're like, "Oh shit! Here we go again. I can't stop myself." We yeah. all want to be able to stop ourselves. Yeah. Get yeah. it onto a new and track. The majority of people that I work with as well, that's the thing that comes up for them, is kind of we just find ourselves in this position time and time again. Like I don't know how to stop it. It almost yeah. feels like it's out of your control. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, the energy work that you and I do where we kind of look at those levels of energy that are showing up when we're in those lower lower levels of energy. It is that I feel like everything is kind of happening to me because we're missing parts of it that we just it's almost like you can't see, you know, somebody's presented you a paint by numbers, but it's only had number one and two colored mm-hmm. in on it. And the rest of it, you can't see yet. It hasn't become apparent to you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah. So, yeah. So part of kind of breaking those cycles and breaking some of those patterns of behavior, I think, you know, we're saying the first stage of that is absolutely awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think the second part of it, which links to the bit that I'm saying about your flaws and accepting those, is accepting that it's happened. Right? Mm. This this has happened. This is this is who we are right now, but it doesn't have to be who we are forever. Um, but this is actually the reality. This is the current situation, and if nothing else changes, mm. this will be the situation <laughs> for time and time to come. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, because. It's just like getting back together again, like breaking up and getting back together again. Like if yeah. nothing changes, then you're going to get back into the same rut if neither of you have done the work. And I've been there. Like I've yeah. come back into a Me relationship too. hoping that somehow like some magic wand was like woven. It it was not like nothing. Yeah. The exact same thing just rebounded back. Well, do do what you've always done and get what you've always got. That's the definition of insanity and uh, is expecting a different result. <laughs> Yeah, from doing the same thing over and over again. But if we carry on doing the same thing over and over again, um, I think the other thing that comes up for me when we discuss kind of stuff like this and how do we break some of these patterns and cycles, because that's what people are interested in. Um, it's all well and good feeling kind of like, yes, I recognize that. <laughs> but the next part of it is then kind of what do I do with it? You know, one of the most important things to remember, and I kind of see this with clients all the time, is you can't expect to to undo patterns of behavior with kind of a flick of a switch or I've had kind of one attempt at that and therefore I expect everything to be completely different so I used to say this thing with the kids when they were little if you were trying to get them to um to undo a behavior that they'd been doing you had to have something like twice as long to recover from that than you did Mm. for the behavior to have been created 
Mm-hmm. So if it had been, I don't know, two weeks and your child had started to do display a certain type of behavior, then it would take four weeks for you to kind of help your child to unlearn, untrain that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that. There's also the kind of analogy with kids as well, where you want to try and get them used to new flavors and new tastes and try and expand their um, their food appetite. And so again, you have to present the same food kind of over and over again before it'll mm-hmm. start to feel familiar, before they actually start to accept it. Mm-hmm. So the same goes when we're trying to undo any sort of pattern of behavior, because the brain is really designed to master things without you thinking about them. So it wants to yeah. put as much as possible in the subconscious. So you don't have to worry about it. And, um, you know, you can go through life as safely and as happy as, as possible. Well, primarily safety it's not designed mm-hmm. to keep you happy your brain but um <laughs> so it's there to, to kind of master some of those things so you know we don't have to relearn how to make a cup of tea every day we know mm-hmm. how to do it we know how to keep ourselves safe when we're making a cup of tea we know how not to pour boiling water on mm. you know on your hand for example we know how to get it in the cup as opposed to spread it all over the bench yeah. you know yeah. these are things that we learn that once upon a time we didn't know and we've learned how to do these mm. things safely mm-hmm along with lots of other things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to some of these patterns of, of behavior in, in relationships, we've learned a certain pattern of behavior because we want to keep ourselves in as safe a place as possible. That doesn't always lead to happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got it. Oh my God. And I like how you said, yeah, like the brain is not charged with making us happy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good reminder. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> damn you brain oh man (laughs) yeah that's just that's that's forefront yeah i do sometimes wonder the more that you read about things the more you understand about how kind of the body works the brain works how the human psyche works Mm -hmm. you do wonder how any of us ever kind of survive and um, (laughs) do have a happy existence But, oh my god that's so funny but i do think a lot of that is governed by the work that we do and the interests that we have so mm-hmm. um we've maybe got more of a kind of focus on some of these elements mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you've got you've got it <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome oh man oh okay all right so you know again patterns are it's the um intentional practice of repeating something again and again to be able to mm. learn a new skill and to be able to put into into our um regular habit of doing things that don't we don't have to concentrate on doing we can just kind of do them with muscle memory and that's kind of the yeah. the um and we can choose to have ugly patterns bad patterns or good patterns totally yeah. up to us um yeah. But we can't just sort of think it and it will happen. We have to yeah. practice it and then commit it to muscle memory. And it takes 100 tries, 500 tries, yeah. 1,000 tries until it becomes muscle memory. Yeah, exactly. You have to fall off the bike many times before you can master the ride. That's so true. Oh, okay. All right. I think I'm ready to start to get intentional about my patterns. <laughs> <laughs> not all of them are terrible. <laughs> They're not, no. Yeah. Start by identifying oh. the good patterns first. You've got it. You've got it. All right. All right. Shall we skip to a question? You've got it. Today's question. I want to leave my fiancé. He belittles me and never takes no for an answer. The problem is I have no job at the moment and he supports me. I've got little family 
And the ones I do have, he doesn't want me to see. We only ever see his friends. How do I leave him? Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the, um, yeah, I think we were talking just before we started recording is this coercive control that can kind of yeah. creep on and, and there have, you know, there's some good media around this, but this kind of slow, insidious uh, sort of pattern of isolating you financially and socially uh, so that you don't have a strong foundation to stand on if you want to leave. So, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of by design about this whole system here. Yeah. That yeah. this person finds themselves in. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can get to find yourself. It's Again, it's like things just creep up and change over time, don't they? It starts off then kind of, you know, everything's great. You see all the um, positive aspects of somebody in, in the start and then... Even things that you view as being quite positive, so the the job and the support, maybe this person has has decided they're going to go for a career change and the mm-hmm. partner has said, well, I'll support you in that. You know, you give mm-hmm. up your job, you focus on this. That can seem like mm-hmm. something that's got positive intention behind it. It can be seen to be done in the right way. But if there isn't a positive intent behind it, if it's all because it's kind of more, you know, mastermind by actually I want somebody to be in my control mm-hmm. and I don't want them to be making their own decisions, then we can see how it does quickly turn into, you know, much more negative and difficult situation that you'd find yourself in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, gosh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's a good point, right? Like, we hear this, like, I don't have a job at the moment. We're like, oh, what kind of person doesn't have a job? But it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm taking a Quite career a transition, people. Yeah, which my partner verbally said would support me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Or maybe I've just been made redundant and yeah. my maybe your partner's encouraging you to wait it out for the right position. Yeah, so yeah. there could be all manners of reasons. And yeah. again, they could be pos- you know, some positive intention behind it or less positive intention. So yeah. there's a lot I think to unpick here around kind of what's I don't want to say real and not real because everything that we experience is real to us mm-hmm. but it is trying to get to a position where we've got more of a view on on what we think is happening mm-hmm. but also what then what the possible next steps are mm. in terms of understanding this so is it that is there anything that is skewing my view right now of this situation mm. or am I absolutely certain that all of this is the place that we are mm. and how mm. do I how do I get to a point where I can explore that in more detail in a way that I feel safe doing because it sounds like this person feels you know remarkably vulnerable and in a Mm. place where they are kind of stuck so and that we know is never a great place to to try and take action from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um you know one of the things that might be important to sort of kickstart is to start to re-engage socially and again like if you're absolutely not allowed to, like there is actually danger or harm to you, then then it is a situation where you do need to to find um, you know emergency support situations yeah. like, like you know emergency sh- um, uh, shelter and housing and so forth. Yeah. Um, but it may one of the biggest things is okay. So is there any possibility, even if I might face derision or negative comments or so forth, that I do start to re-engage? Like maybe this person has told me that, oh, your family sucks and they're terrible and your mother is terrible and your father. Well, okay, I'm going to reconnect with them anyways or friends because maybe they do provide some benefit. Maybe you can choose what, what you get from them. 
Um, and that might, yeah, but maybe reconnecting with somebody that you know is a positive influence for good. Um, if you are able to safely do so might be one of the first steps. Cause like getting out of that echo chamber of one person kind of putting you down all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to build those boundaries back up, isn't it? And saying kind of what's negotiable and what's not negotiable Mm -hmm. in that relationship. And, and I think where we've got a position where we feel like we're being wholly dictated to, and that's not comfortable for us, then there's a lack of boundary in place there because I haven't said, well, no, actually, my, you know, my friends are off bounds. I will see my friends and I'll um, spend time with them and I will have connections outside of our relationship. That's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be the financial independence. Actually, you know, I've thought about this and financial independence is important to me. I want to feel like I've got some control over my own finances and I've got mm. some money that I don't feel like it's kind of just solely joint money and mm-hmm. um or your your money you know I want to have some financial independence there so I think it's starting to pick off some of those things because there's a lot of things in there isn't there there's um kind of I can't speak to my family I, mm-hmm. I can't socialize with my friends anymore I've got um kind of this negative um dialogue going on all the time where I'm just I'm hearing criticism you know he or she said kind of that's my fiance so there's obviously a kind of wedding that's impending at some point and so you've made already made a certain commitment to the relationship and Mm -hmm. um and then there's the kind of finance side so there's so much that's caught up in here Mm -hmm. I think it's trying to pick off as you say some of those kind of what would be some of the smaller items to actually start to feel like you're regaining some sort of sense of control of your own life yeah and the choices that you've got within that life uh, yes. And, and you say there's obviously been some commitment, but, but you know, what I remember is there are people who are engaged, but they don't necessarily feel a sense of control over that runaway train heading yeah. towards marriage. Um, yeah, yeah. one of the things that really hits, restricts a lot of, one of the blocks is I can't delay my wedding. I can't call yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah. Invitations yeah. have already gone out. People would expect that. Da, 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 da. Um, one critical thing is if you can challenge yourself to delay, defer, or call off a wedding, it is one of the most powerful things you can do. Because, you know, just worrying about money lost with deposits, worrying about what relatives, family members you'll offend or worry, or what will people think? um, Those are abuse, manipulation, control tactics. Those will keep you stuck. Yeah. But that puppy's not just for Christmas, right? Like Mm. you're entering into a a lifelong commitment and yes there are ways to get out of it um that's not always that easy and if you're in a situation where you are uncertain the best thing to do is to try and put some distance have some space and allow yourself to feel more comfortable with the choices that you're about to make yeah you've got it oh gosh yes totally yeah it's it's really tough I think especially in this climate where we do have people that are challenged financially, even with two parties working. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about it the other week, the single tax, the kind of cost oh of God. actually living by yeah. yourself, like this pressure and, and things kind of are rising. But that should never come at the cost of kind of overall happiness or a way. There's always a way. It might not be the way that you um, envisage for your life mm-hmm. um, and it might result in some sacrifices in other areas that maybe you weren't you know intending to make at this point in your life but we have to feel an overall sense of kind of happiness and well-being in the space 
that we're in in relationships and the choices we've made there yeah yeah and you're right there like that I think that's the biggest block that's when we're coaching people around really hard decisions like this um people present the story as if there's a whole bunch of closed doors that can't be yeah. opened there and there's there's really no doors open so they present us with a story yeah. of i'm stuck in this situation and there's no options yeah and our job is not to like wave a magic wand and create a new door because that doesn't happen right it is to question you know how true is it that this door is not openable um and one of the things that i can kind of unlock and maybe folks who are listening who kind of identify with this sort of uh, sort of thing is if you were to do the craziest thing right now the craziest thing right now what would that be? Mm. And and a lot of people would you know say something like, oh, I would, um, I would move to my sister's house in another state, and I would call off the wedding, and I would take like a year to just sort of think about it, and I would get a job at my old job, and I would just sort of build up my finances. But I can't do that, you know. And and then of course then this yeah, whole yeah, like yeah. avalanche of, but I can't do that because blah, blah blah. And I'm like, well, what I heard just there is, you would open up a pressure valve release. Your sister, though I'm sure that there's there's always crazy stuff with family, but I'm there that is a safe place for you. Mm. And I just heard that calling off the wedding, how terrifying that would be, but that would actually alleviate uh, sorry, alleviate a lot of pressure. And there yeah. may be a chance for sort of not the not the forever job, but a good enough or just a a, a stepping stone job. So guess what? Yeah. In asking that question and in answering that, like with the first thing that comes to mind, you actually pop the doors open just a little bit. So we can kind of yeah. walk in and just see what's possible. Yeah. Not the answer you thought, because life ain't a straight, you know, a straight line. It's some sometimes we realize we're on a dead end path and we can't keep driving down the road and, and finding the way. We have to just reverse back out sometimes. Yeah. And and it feels wasteful, like, oh, we're adding more kilometers to the car. It was a wasted trip. No, it just that sometimes we have to revert. We took the wrong, not that took the wrong path. We're 200 kilometers off course and we need to reverse back out. Yeah. And that can, to realize that, ex right? Awareness and acceptance um, yeah. can be the most powerful things. Yeah. But it's believing that if I take this step that I'm going to be okay. Mm. And that's the hardest part is to really trust the choices and the directions that we take to be able to trust that as humans is, yeah. is pretty hard. Yeah. But things always have habit of working out. They do. And like with lots of things, if we can visualize them and the more that we can identify when things do work out, when we make some tough decisions, the more we'll then trust that actually I trust my decisions. Yeah. I trust the choices. Yeah. And I'm prepared to take it no matter how much it might feel like a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, as coaches, we always look to say, hey, wh wh is there ever a time in your life where you took a massive risk or took a big change and you regretted it? And they're like, no. Like, well, today's not going to be the first day of your life. We're like, oh, you know, now you totally shot the bed. Like this was a, no, <laughs> I mean, it, there's a pattern in your life of things always working out for the best. The big things, you know. Yeah. But even if there is something that you regret, you know, on, on the grand scheme of things, when you look back though, what impact did that really have? You know, how, how terrible was it? And it might have felt not great in the moment, but the overall impact in your life is probably not that big. Or, or it was big, but it created something significant, something new, yeah. maybe it closed a door, opened a new one. If you look at your life, like what happened and how did things play out after that big event yeah. or that big decision? Yeah, yeah. And you can often look, oh, well, I would never have met this person or yeah. that wouldn't have ever happened. Or 
you know, I would never have made a huge decision to take a health journey. A lot, you know, a lot of people yeah. describe the bottom of the barrel, um, uh, sort of the, um, gosh, the lowest point in their life. Uh, but mm. that often is the catalyst for massive change that you would never have yeah. taken on had you not been in such a low spot. Yeah. Yeah. There truly are no mistakes, uh, you know. Yeah. Just like you say. Yeah. Well, we wish the listener some luck. Yeah. And trust in your bravery. Yeah. Trust in yourself. Yeah. And be kind to yourself. Yeah. You've got it. All right. Okay. Well, it was a good return back. It was. I don't know whether to <laughs> sleep or to like, you know, when you're the day after travel and you're like, what do I, what does my body want to do right now? Like it's yeah. currently approaching the middle of the or evening time, but it's not. And am I hungry? Am I sleepy? Am I restless? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Because you're not quite in any, well, you're not in any sort of routine, are you? You've kind you're of had. In the middle of an ocean somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But it's also lovely because the most philosophical existential things come to you when you're in this sort of transition zone, neither here nor there. Um, it's, it's a nice opportunity for sort of new thoughts to come in and new yeah. awareness. So you're not stuck in any pattern <laughs> when you're transitioning <laughs> from here to there or there to here. Yeah. You're in the land of opportunity. Oh my gosh, I tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm very much going to slip into a pattern of going to make my dinner after this oh, recording. Yes. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yes. And that's a good pattern. And I'm pleased that I'm going to do that. That's right. You've got it. I love it. Eat some scrummy food. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, then. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.